Hello, and welcome back to Through My Lens, the best show out of the 1,750,000 podcasts on the internet right now. Uh, scripted intro aside, I'm back. I Sorry I took a week off. I just wasn't feeling it. Uh, I was busy with other stuff, and I just didn't have anything prepared. So, I'm here now, and I got I got a little, a little thing to talk about. Let's just get right into it. I never liked books that much. I never really read. It just wasn't my thing. I thought it was boring, and it just it, it didn't work for me. In elementary school and all that, I like always got by with the novel studies and tried to avoid reading as much as possible. Funnily enough, I uh, actually uh, joined the the reading team at the school. <laughs> uh, basically, all the elementary schools in the district are given five books. And this this team would have to read all five books and discuss certain things about the book. And then when it, on like a certain time, everybody comes to a gymnasium and each school is situated on their own little table thing. And so the judges would like ask questions about the book and we'd have to like huddle up and be like, okay, okay, uh, this is what happened. This is what happened. This is the answer. And then we run and give the answer as fast as possible. The problem was that I didn't I didn't read all the books. I only read one uh, for one year and then two for the second year. Um, but even then, for the like the questions about the books that I read, <laughs> I didn't really do anything. This is basically how the rundown is. It's like they ask the question, and we're like, okay, everybody's huddled up. Okay, okay. So uh, this is what happened. This is what happened. And I'm just sitting there like, oh, okay, yeah, no, that makes sense. No, I remember that. Yeah, for sure. Are we good with this answer? Great. Break. Let's go. That's it. That's all I did. Uh, so I didn't really. I just didn't. I just didn't have much contribution to that. That's all I did. But after that, it went all downhill from there. I didn't really read much. I think in grade five, I read The Hunger Games. That's because that's when all the hype was coming out, right? That's when everybody was like. Oh my goodness, The Hunger Games, the movie's coming out, it's going to be the Catching Fire next. So I read The Hunger Games, and I, whatever, I, I didn't really care for it. I watched the movie before I read it, so I kind of had an idea of what everything was, like how everything turned out. And I know everybody's saying like, oh man, this doesn't follow the book at all, or they missed this part in the book. Listen, they can't fit the whole damn book into a two-hour movie. The Hunger Games was three hours long. They can't fit everything into there. Anyway, that's a little tangent aside. But yeah, no, I never read. It just wasn't my thing. Uh, but for the past year, Haley, who you've met in the last episode, she loves reading. She's been going on this huge binge on books. Uh, lately, she's been talking about how excited she was to get like this set of books, this trilogy, this series, or how she's got all these books lined up in a list, kind of like a wait list, and she's going to get through all of them. I just don't get it. <laughs> I don't understand how people can be so excited for something like a book. But I kind of gave in, and I was like, you know what, let's see what the hype is all about. What's the deal, right? <laughs> and so I took out one of my old books that I read when I was like 12 or 13 or something, uh, my mom bought it for me for my birthday, and I was supposed to read it when we went on family vacation, I think, to Maui. 
So just imagine me with cargo shorts and a graphic tee on, sunscreen all over my face and a bucket hat on, sitting on a Tommy Bahamas chair reading this book. It's called The Unwanteds. And right away, when you look at the front cover, the first thing that you see at the very top of the page, it's, it's a quote from a book reviewer uh, named Kirkus Reviews. And the quote says, The Hunger Games meets Harry Potter. This is how I realized why my mom bought this for me, because she thought I would like it. That basically defines the whole book. This is what we're going to get into. It's basically dystopian future with uh, magic. Something like that. Like I said, I read The Hunger Games, but I didn't read the, uh, the Harry Potter series. I never really watched the movies. The only movie that I actually watched from the Harry Potter series was The Chamber of Secrets because CTV would only air that movie all the time. It wasn't any other movie. I don't know why it was just The Chamber of Secrets, but that's all. That's all I saw. And so I was kind of interested. Oh, let's see what this sort of magic side is all about. In the end, I liked the book. I read it. I liked the book. It's it's a pretty thick book, but I liked it. It was cool, but now, I, having remembered that I enjoyed the book, but not remembering what actually happened in there, I decided to pick it up again. And so, a couple chapters in, I start to realize that <laughs> this is a children's book. The pages are big, but the, the font, the words, it's double-spaced in what looks like Times New Roman, uh, but the font is pretty big, so there isn't much on each page. So really, it's not that big of a book. The content inside, if you want to read this book, go ahead, but seriously, it's it's a children's book. It's, and I, I, going a couple chapters in, I realized this, and then I told Haley, yo, I'm reading this book, but it's a children's book. Do you have anything else? Uh, and she got super excited because she, she, like I said, she loves books now. She has a whole damn shelf just filled with books. And she looks on Instagram for like huge walls of bookshelves where she can fit all the books, right? So she's got a wide, like a big collection. And so she recommended to me this book that she had called The Girl on the Train. It's more like a thriller kind of thing. It's... I never really dabbled into the thriller style, so I thought, okay, let's let's try this out. Uh, if the title sounds familiar to you, that's because it is, uh, because it was a movie. This book was turned into a major motion picture, as it says on the front cover. So the, actually, there were two movies made. There was the Hollywood version, and then there was the Bollywood version. Uh, the Hollywood version has Emily Blunt in it, and this book was... Like, the cover of this book was, like, published after the movie came out. So we have Emily Blunt on the front cover. But The Girl on the Train by Paula Hawkins uh, is a good book. It really is. Uh, when Haley was describing it to me, she told me that she read this in two days. The whole book in two days. And let me tell you, it's a thick book. It's the same thickness. Actually, no, it's a little bit thinner than The Unwanted's. And the pages are a little smaller, but it's Times New Roman again. But this time it's not double-spaced. And the font is pretty small. Uh, there's a lot. <laughs> there's a lot to unpack in this book. And so it's a non-reader's worst nightmare. But I decided to jump into it. In the span of about three days, I've read half of the book, which is really something for me. Because I'm a very slow reader. 
And in the span of three days of just reading, usually I would be, I don't know, a quarter of the way max, but going halfway, that's pretty cool. I was pretty proud of myself there. Um, but halfway through the book, I can safely say that I love the book. I, I really do. It's a really good story. It's very catching. And you really can't stop uh, until you think, okay, yeah, I've read enough. And then you move on. Um, but within the book, there are a lot of cliffhangers. Uh, to give you the, the rundown, uh, what this book is about. Basically, there's this girl named Rachel. She is an alcoholic. She is divorced. Her ex-husband now has a family and moved on. And so she has that affecting her. She doesn't really like that. But uh, she takes this train to London on the morning and then from London back to her place uh, in the evening. And so uh, she, she goes through this long, you know, sort of fetish of trains. Not so much in detail, just like explaining how how everything is like the same and she likes that feeling of you know everything's like a routine like a pattern so the train stops at a certain signal every time and at that signal she can veer off or like pe- uh, peek at this neighborhood uh, like these houses and she looks specifically at this one house uh, number 15 and it basically has like this perfect couple as she calls it and she fantasizes and imagines what they're like what they do right but one day the wife of that perfect couple goes missing there's a police report there's an investigation that goes on but the thing is that a couple days prior to that uh emily blunt or rachel uh realizes that she's seen something that could help with the case and so she tries to insert herself she tries to solve the case and help the police and stuff but because of her history with her ex-husband and with their, you know, drinking problems, uh, they're not taking her seriously, and a lot of things go on. That's about as far as I've gone into the book, and yeah, you really can't stop. There's a cliffhanger every section, every little bit. There's a little cliffhanger. Uh, the way the way it's like formatted is that you follow the perspective of Rachel, and these perspectives uh, are cut up into time kind of like how she rides the train it's the morning of friday july 5th then we get her little rundown of the morning and then it goes to the evening of july 5th and then it goes to the morning of july 6th or something like that and then the evening right it, it goes onto these little sections and at the end of each section it like drops a little a little hint a little blurb that like add sort of tension, add suspense, but when you go to the next section, it doesn't really talk about that, it only talks about that at the end, but even at that end, it adds a little thing, and it keeps adding on little things, and solving smaller things, and it just goes on, it's like, oh no, now I have to listen to this, or now I have to look into this, and it, it just keeps you going, which I kind of find annoying, and I kind of find pretty cool, it's what keeps me going, keeps me reading, um, so yeah, but Having said my thoughts about this book so far, right? I want to finish it, and I probably will soon. Like I said, I like it. But one thing that I just don't get with a lot of books, all these novels and stuff, is the very, very beginning. When you open the book, right? Because first of all, you have the cover, right? I have it in front of me. And the top, it says, New York Times bestseller. To me, that says nothing. 
I don't really understand New York Times bestseller, and it's on every damn book that I see that it's kind of like it's redundant, it's unnecessary. So that doesn't really entice me to read the book, doesn't tell me that it's a good, good book, because every book has it at one point. So we have that, then we have like the title with like a cool little font thing to replicate something in the book. I don't really understand how this this font is supposed to uh, resemble the events in the in the book. And then it does a little a little statement or a little sentence to like tell you what this really entails or like what the kind of like motifs it follows, I think. And so it says, what you see can hurt you. And basically, it's just uh, referring to how Rachel or Emily Blunt um, sees something from that couple before the wife goes missing. And potentially, that that can hurt her. Who knows? We just have to get into the book and see. Um, and then at the bottom, it's the author. And then on the side, it says, now a major motion picture, yada, 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 all that. All right. I know what I'm getting into. I know what the book is called. I understand that it's a number one New York Times bestseller. Let's get into the story. I'm sold. We open the book to the front cover. And the very first page is praise for the girl on the train. So there's these little quotations from book reviewers and stuff like, oh, this is a thrilling ride. This will knock your socks off. You don't have to tell me that. Just let me get my socks knocked off by myself. I don't need to know that my socks are going to be knocked off. So, okay, whatever. I already bought the book or I already got the book. So you're not going to... So, so stop trying to convince me to get the book. I turn the page. Oh, look, there's more praise. And then on the third page, there's more praise. Okay, can we get into the book? We turn the page. Boom. Blank. Title. It's just two blank pages. And on one of them, like on the on the right page, it's the girl on the train. That's it. Sick. We, we know the title. It's right here. This is going to tell us that what we're going to do is we're going to get right into the story. Turn the page. Oh no, what's this? It's The Girl on the Train. It's another title, but this time with the author and the publisher at the bottom. And behind it is like, it's like a picture of a moving train. It's like the blurred, fast movement of the train. And and sure, that like adds to the environment or something. It may, it's it's a cool It's a cool little thing, but it's like, okay, no, I got it. Right? I know what I'm reading. Can I get into the book? We turn the page. We got some copyright. And then we got uh, dedications for Kate, it says. Great. Let's get to it. We turn the page. W- what is this? Uh, it's a little piece or like a little paragraph from later on in the book. And so I guess that's supposed to give you like a little spoonful. It's like a little appetizer or a palate cleanser. That you just take in, like, oh, this is the author's writing style. You turn the page, oh, look, there's another damn paragraph taken from later in the book. I don't remember reading this. I think this is in, like, the back half of the story. So, we'll get to it. Um, And then, okay, I'm ready to go. Let's turn the page. What do you know? It's another title page. (laughs) It's a blank title page, just like the first one. Just the girl on the train, and that's it. All right, am I good to go? We turn the page. Finally, we are. Here we go. First little bit. Rachel, Friday, July 5th, 2013, the morning. Thank you. I didn't need to see all these title pages. I didn't need to see all this praise, all these acknowledgements. I 
I don't need to see this. Just let me get to the story. And it's with every book, really. Uh, not with The Unwanted, because it's a children's book, so it only has one title page. It's not really like a serious novel. But with other things, like uh, I have with me the second installment of The Hardy Boys, The House on the Cliff by Franklin W. Dixon. The cover's really nice. It's an illustration of these boys on a boat and looking at a house on the cliff. Nice. We open the cover. There is four blank pages. And then we get like this little advertisement of Collect the Complete Hardy Boys Mystery Stories by Franklin W. Dixon. And it shows all 66 Hardy Boys books. 66. My boy Dixon milked this cash cow, man. All right, but next to that, we get this blank title page, The House on the Cliff. All right, sounds familiar? We turn the page. It's a little illustration uh, of, I guess, two of the Hardy Boys and some fishermen. And it says, maybe I can give you a tip where to find your father, said Pretzel Pete. And so that kind of like, you know, triggers a little like curiosity. Like, oh, what happened to his father? And then next to that, it's another title page, right? But this time, it's The Hardy Boys Mystery Stories, The House on the Cliff by Franklin W. Dixon, and then the publishers at the bottom. Great. I'm ready to go. Turn the page, and there's contents. <sighs> Just let me get to the damn story. We turn the page. Finally, it's a blank title page <laughs> called The House on the Cliff. Nice. Am I ready to go? Yes. Chapter 1, Spying by Telescope. <sighs> Every book. Every really serious book or something, it has these. And I just don't understand why. Right? Think about it. If a movie was like this, right? Normally in movies, you start off with like, boom, the title. And then it shows like the credits, like, oh, who was it directed by a producer, all that. And then it goes to the movie, right? And sometimes it doesn't even show the title until the very end of the movie, which I think is, that's my favorite format. I really like it when it's like, a really cool ending scene, and then boom, title right there. I just like sealed the deal. That's it. Instead of just rolling credits. But that tangent aside, just imagine if a movie was like these novels, right? We start off with, you know, movie critics and their reviews. It just shows us like maybe an interview of them or just like a little blurb of what they said about the movie. Okay, that's great. Um, and then, boom, title. Title of the movie is right there. And it goes away. And then, boom, title. But this time, with a different font and with a different background. Oh, my. And then it goes to, like, little blurbs of what, what's going to come. Or, like, little little sneak peeks into what's going to come in the movie. And then, boom, another title. But this time, it's the it's the same as the first title. And then finally we get to the movie. Why? I don't need to be reminded four times that this book is called The Girl on the Train. I don't. I just I just don't need that. Anyway. That little that little rant aside. In the end, I enjoy reading now. It's not bad. I definitely want to see what's what's out there and dabble in different genres. Um but yeah, on that bombshell, I think it's time to end. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, hopefully, I will talk to you again in the next week on Wednesday, 7 p.m. Have a good one. See you.